Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome to Cellmates. Welcome to Cellmates, Kate Phillips. And welcome to Cellmates, Dick Ward. How how are you today? Oh, ma'am. Uh, I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I keep taking a drink of this drink we have and we, we hating have a it more with every sip. We have a wonderful drink in front of us. We're mm. not going to finish these, but we do. Ah. Yeah. Mm. That's the taste. That's that's the reaction you want. Uh huh. Um, when, when you drink a drink. Blah. Unlike Actually, these, it's kind of growing on me. Not gonna lie. Well, it's. It, I mean, maybe a Stockholm syndrome yeah. situation. No, you're making a worse face every mm-hmm. time. Anyway, welcome to Cellmates. Welcome to Cellmates. Um, unlike this drink we're having, we usually finish uh, two movies. We watch them, and then we analyze them. Uh, Compartmentalize dis- them. A Venn diagram. Yep, we smush them together and see what comes out. Two animated feature films. That's correct. Uh, that usually have some things in common. Yeah. And so, Dick, uh, we are drinking this. We I don't know for drinking, how much longer. Uh, well, I am I am going to finish mine because I'm a dedicated uh, beer, I, whatever this is, journalist. This is not anything. And because uh, I haven't been able to drink too much over the last few days because I've That's been on... That's true. Uh, if you listen to our last episode, I've been on <clears throat> some pretty heavy painkillers for <laughs> a uh, back injury. We're hoping he's uh, conscious for more uh, a higher ratio of this. Uh, There's a good chance episode. that I will stay awake through this entire. Episode. Yeah, that'd be an accomplishment. So um, we're drinking a drink called Cloud City. Cloud City. Or Pearl City. Well, possibly? so it's cl- there's a couple different names. It's very confusing. Um, so it's Gra- Graft Cider is the maker, but it's called Cloud City. But then another place on the can it says Opal City. So I don't really know what hmm. to believe, but the the can has like clouds and kind of some Jules Verne machines and uh, um, birds. So I don't... cloud Cloud City. When I think Cloud City, I immediately think Star Wars. So I assume oh, yeah. that we're talking about Empire Strikes Back, uh, which is not an yeah, animated movie, but it's a great movie nonetheless. Well, let me list you some of the ingredients oh, okay. in this. Uh, well, first of all, it's considered a hop orange dreamsicle cider. Uh huh. I know what all those words mean. The ingredients, uh, New York apples, that's fine. Orange concentrate, all Mm -hmm. right, citra hops, orange zest, vanilla, and a milk sugar. Okay. Yeah. So it really, it's like a dreamsicle cider. Yeah. That's true. And it's very, like, sweet, but almost, like, straight up fermentation. It's too sweet and also too hoppy. We get cider? we we get these drinks knowing our pairings in mind, and we haven't necessarily tasted them before. That's correct. So it's a surprise for everyone. Yep. Um, what a happy surprise! I think we liked these movies better than the drink. Yeah. I well, liked I liked you, both you liked, movies better okay. than the drink. I liked I, will, I liked at least one of these movies better than the okay. drink. Okay. So, uh, Dick, why 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 are we in the clouds? Well, we're in the clouds because we're talking about we're talking about you know flying. But both of our uh, movies involve flying. Mm-hmm. Most both of the movies involve like a little bit of a little bit of pixie dust, a little bit of fairy magic, a little bit of right? milk sugar, a little bit of milk sugar, yeah. and uh, say say some of those words you said again: milk sugar, milk sugar, creamsicle cider, opal city, opal city. Those all sound like names. It, those all sound like names, like 
uh, you could maybe get like a tattoo of them on your right thigh, rear buttocks. Uh-huh. And, um, you could call that a flank even. A flank? A flank. Those are the, what they're called? That's a fl- that's your flank. Oh, oh. What are the tattoos called, though? They're called something, they're right? They're called cutie marks. Cutie marks. My God. goodness. So, so- for, for anyone that's <laughs> uh, picked up on that, the two movies we're going to be talking about are My Little Pony, uh, the movie from 1986. 1986. Uh, none of this new pony stuff. No. And, uh, and Fern Gully. The Last Rainforest. The Last Rainforest. It's got two titles, kind of like Cloud City, Opal City. Yeah. So there you go. You know, Fern Gully, the thing that everyone knows what it is, and uh, The Last Rainforest, because that is maybe matters in the movie or doesn't or is it the last rainforest is unclear yeah only the title says that because i feel like there's parts of time where they're in a rainforest and they're like and fern they're gully's over here fern gully. yeah okay well we'll so it's we'll get there unclear we will absolutely get there uh kate i i want to start off by asking you mm-hmm. where you were when you first saw fern jelly well i'm, I'm gonna back up even further well, let's back it up because you know, we we connected these movies to our drink, but not oh, necessarily yeah. we didn't to, these each other yet. to each other. Let's do that. So Kate, I'm going to answer a where question were you, you didn't when ask. You first connected Fern Gully <laughs> and My Little Pony. Uh, uh, probably right here wow. on this couch. Wow. But yeah, they're they're they both. I mean, flying ponies, flying fairies. They're mm-hmm. kind of the stuff of, um, you know, gender normative. Uh, little girls fantasies and yeah. um they yeah they they fly in these movies um they're a little bit saccharine sweet mm-hmm. um and uh, they they both have well both each of us has a stronger connection to one to the opposite movie mm-hmm. and as we were comparing them we discovered that both of them have sludge monster mm-hmm. villains um and well villain i think is a loose term for one of them but um, yeah. yeah, but they both have horrible sludge monsters. Yeah, they both have horrible sludge monsters, and they yeah, and yeah. they're kind of both somewhat forgotten movies. Like they, if you saw them at the time, you have this connection to them, and you have some very strong memories. Yeah. But uh, people don't really talk about these movies in 2019. Though, though it is strange that they both have a dedicated fan base, one they more do. than the other at this point. Well. Um, but like, even as even as we were like going through Fern Gully stuff, we found that they like have reunions every five or ten years. It's very sweet. The production oh. team, yeah. And I saw it at Target. I was shopping at Target, yeah. and they're like on the DVD shelf. It's like or blue right now. Um, it's like Tangled, Olaf's Frozen Advent- Adventure, Fern Gully. Like what? Why? Yeah. yeah, it's very strange. I guess. But so let's let's anyway. Can I jump? Can I jump back to that question uh, I yes. had for you? Which Kate? <laughs> let's talk about when you first saw Fern Gully. Fern Gully, I most distinctly remember as the indoor recess movie of my elementary school. So when it was like raining, or most often when it was snowing, because I grew up in Chicago um, suburbs, uh, we would watch a movie at lunch because we couldn't go outside. And so we'd have like 20 minutes and we'd watch the movie 20 minutes at a time. But the, the but like we, you know, half the classes would be first half of lunch and half would be second. So like 
so often it was like either the same 20 minutes mm-hmm. or we'd like skip ahead an hour. Like no one in charge was really paying attention to like continuity of like what have these children watched. Right. Uh, so I'm not sure that I saw this movie from front to back in one take until this podcast viewing. But I had seen all the parts of the movie before. Oh, no, no, I had seen it a couple of years ago. Yeah. But not till, yeah, not till I was an adult. So Did I um, see the whole movie all the way through. Can you just give uh, some context uh, as to where this falls compared to like the Disney Renaissance? Yeah, pretty much smack dab in the middle. Okay. Um, this is released in spring 92. Mm-hmm. So it's um, like literally halfway between Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Okay. So it, the. The creators of this film have have said, like, if not for Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, we wouldn't have been able to make this movie. That right. it kind of opened the door, not only for the technology, but for the fan base and for kind of a people, yeah, sure, we'll go to a people putting money animated into animation. Movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it and it's 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 interesting as we talk more about it. I think there are things they learn. I mean, we talk a lot about on this podcast. Um, the right lessons to have learned from a project mm-hmm. and the wrong lessons. And I think Fern Gully displays both mm-hmm. um, right and wrong lessons from the Disney Renaissance thus far and from Bluth or other, you know, contemporary animation studios mm-hmm. at the time. Nice. Yeah. Well, Kate. Uh, have, well, had you seen oh, Fern Gully before this or what, what did you know of it? Yeah, I've definitely seen Fern Gully before. I think I saw it in theaters um, because I was at, you know, that age where, I could be taken to theaters and my parents would want to get out of the house. You know, um, I know I saw little mermaid and beauty and the beast in theaters. Mm-hmm. So I assume I saw Fern Gully in theaters and I've definitely like, it was definitely like a blockbuster rental for us at some mm-hmm. point. Um, as we watched it, things came back to me that I had either forgotten or just like pushed out of my head. And I was like, Oh yeah, I know this, but like, it's not a movie I'm, intimately familiar with and yeah that the more we went through it the more i'm like wait what oh that's this movie yeah yeah that makes sense yeah all right so i am prepared all right you got got that cookie timer i am prepared to summarize this movie i think Mm -hmm. um i would not have been at you know even 10 years old (laughs) uh there's this character there's this character and i don't know how they're related I'm not much better than that now, but that's all right. We'll see. All right, timer is set up for two minutes. Yep, and here we go. Fern Gully is a rainforest populated by tree spirits. They're basically fairies. Uh, once upon a time, they had the whole world to themselves, and they were friends with humans. But there was this monster Hexus who wanted to poison them all and destroy the rainforest. Um, so magical fairies imprison him in a tree and that's where he's been for hundreds of years but now the fairies live in peace and uh, they didn't hear from the humans again no problem anyway Krista is a free spirited tree spirit and wait my sister? Uh, yeah your sister Krista Whoa. Um, and she just wants to do her own thing and uh, fly around and not follow any rules and one day she stumbles upon this like giant machine and these trees with X's and then she uh, finds a human and she's very interested in this human his name is Zach uh, he looks very 90s and 
And she gets, like, scared by this chopping machine and tries to save him from danger. And instead, because she's not very good at being a fairy because she doesn't pay attention, she turns him into fairy size, uh, which is, like, two inches tall or something. Uh, anyway, she teaches him about the rainforest because Zach's job is chopping down trees in what apparently is the Australian rainforest. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, uh, no, if you chop down the trees, we won't have a home. And uh, he slowly learns. But um, Zach's team accidentally cuts down the tree that Hexus was in. So Hexus turns into like a sludge monster, then a smoke monster. He's basically pollution personified. And he kind of you know, exaggerates the human's uh, destruction and tries to destroy all of Fern Gully in a single swoop. The fairies kind of band together. It's unclear how. And they, like, trap themselves in a tree, but then they trap Hexa... It's confusing, this this uh, climax of... Anyway, they, they band together and uh, destroy Hexus, and the humans kind of leave and are like, cool, the rainforest is nice. The cookies are done, cookies are done. And Zach gets to be a big boy again <laughs> great that's yeah it's, it's pretty good it's yeah. pretty good it was almost almost in on time i'm yeah and i'm leaving out a, a lot of characters yes. but um they they're not characters that have to do with the plot they, so. they, they often just come and go yep like um the beetle riding guys or oh yeah those beetle riding the guys. monitor lizard or whatever he is or Robin Williams. Oh, you mean Batty? Robin His Williams. Behavior is erratic. Animated feature film debut mm-hmm. is Fern Gully, which is like a couple months, six months before Aladdin. Um, and yeah. I do so I couldn't find this information currently on the internet, but yeah. I thought I had read at some point that. Fern Gully was originally to be released later in the year, mm. but then they found out that Robin Williams was doing Aladdin, and they're like, uh, yeah, we're going to just push this up so it doesn't have to compete, um, which I think was probably the smarter choice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Robin Williams plays a a, a bat that's... Who's, who's been, like, tested on. Yeah. He's got, like, a wire coming out of his head that... Sometimes like cosmetic like, testing or like yeah. by humans, yeah. Sometimes when that wire trips or when someone hits it, he'll like change channels to yeah. like a different like movie, movie or and impersonation. Sometimes it's, it's just Williams. an impersonation. Yeah, it's it's, un- it's unclear, but yeah. Uh, and also, he has a rap. Yeah, he has a. Yeah, there's there's music in this movie too, kind of. Kind of. There's that rap by Ro- Robin Williams as a bat. Which, like, it's, you know, to be fair, it's Robin Williams just kind of living his best life doing it. But it doesn't make any sense. And I think only this viewing did I really actually understand that the rap is telling me about animal testing. Yeah. Because it's just really overstimulating. And the character design is, like, for all of the expression that Robin Williams puts into any vocal performance, like... The bat's face is weirdly not expressive. It's like its eyes are either bigger or not as big. Yeah, the way they've created the bat's face, they kind of don't leave themselves room to make its face change. Yeah. Right? Like part of the part of the brilliance of uh, the animation of the genie is like he's kind of an amorphous blob so mm-hmm. he can turn into anything. But even his face is just better. can make more facial yeah. expressions. But like you give this very rigid bat figure yeah. and like i, I don't know you it's can't very really confusing do that much of it. yeah 
Yeah, and then there's the lizard. You want to yep. speak on the the important role of the lizard? Yeah, I would like to talk about. You, you know what? We can and we can we can come back to this when we talk about the music of mm. both movies. Mm, mm-hmm. Let's let's do that because I have so many thoughts on the music of this Great. movie. Let's take a pause. All right, let's let's come back to that. So that is that's Fern Gully. That's Fern Gully. Um, environmental. Like, I, I mean, it's environmental propaganda, but it's not quite like captain planet levels of camp which maybe doesn't work in its advantage i don't know it's it's like um i guess the lesson is don't chop down trees yeah or like don't chop down the rainforest uh, every creature has a life has a spirit has a name um you kind of like that right Mm -hmm. it's like awareness that like it's not just humans in this world. Like, hey, everyone, be aware. There are also tree fairies. Yeah. You have to be careful of the tree fairies. We're raising, we're raising awareness. Yeah. Great the, job. The environmentalism skews a little bit more heavy-handed today than I think it would have hit us back then. I feel like we've talked about this a lot, that like growing up in the early 90s where we just kind of had a childhood that was like, uh, in, uh, reduce, reuse, recycle, yeah, our, save trees, the rainforests are dying. Our entertainment options were stuff like Transformers, which is a toy commercial, <laughs> or Captain Planet, which is a toy commercial with an environmental message. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's all we had to watch. But it was very so. much like we just, that was on all sides. I feel no. like there was not a, um, the, yeah, there was not really a pro cutting down the trees lobby. No, but I'll tell you what. There was a cartoon show called The Raccoons, <laughs> made in Canada. It was a great show, and uh, it handled environmentalism a little bit better. Mm. Just putting it out there. Fair. If uh, anyone wants us to do every episode of The Raccoons, uh, oh, just boy. let us know. Selmay's we'll podcast that. on Twitter. Concurrently with the yeah. Land Before Time series. Oh my God, yes. Uh, yeah. So that's that's Fern Gully. That's Fern Gully. That's Fern Gully. So um, speaking of movies. Uh, made to sell toys. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's skip back a little bit in time to 1986. 1986. And the My Little Pony movie. Yes. Dick, would you like uh, care so, to speak on this and your experiences with this yeah. movie? Yeah. So uh, uh, as a child of the, the early 80s um, with a little sister, uh, I had seen the My Little Pony movie a lot. Um, it was just like a go-to, like between this and I think it's Care Bears. I think it's the first Care Bears movie. It might be the second, whichever one has the camp champ. Um, <laughs> but this and the Care Bears movie were like kind of go-tos for like, oh, my cousins are over. We're babysitting. We're just going to put a movie on for the kids. Like the My Little Pony was like a good go-to. Mm-hmm. So I've seen this a lot. Um, it was interesting watching it again because of the, the actors that are in it mm. and because of some of the memories. Some things held up uh, better than I thought they would and some things obviously did not hold up super well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, it's just a part of my childhood just mm-hmm. built in there. What yeah. about you, Kate? I had not seen this movie okay. before. Um, I, I was not a My Little Pony person. Uh, I was born just late enough to like not really know anything before the Disney musicals. Mm. So, you know, this seeing this movie now feels very like Saturday morning cartoons or very like when we would get those like free preview weeks of the Disney Channel and they'd have like Care Bears and Gummy Bears and kind of these like 
bland shows where I'm supposed to care about the characters, but no one really does ever get anything of consequence. And it's like the set. I don't know. I could never get myself excited about like TV cartoons. Yeah. So this this movie was nostalgic for me in like. Oh, this is like every cartoon I didn't want to watch growing up. That's so, funny. like, I had it was an exercise in uh, conscious focus because I think I have been, or I don't know, I, it just it it's a type of like you, animation you style really that makes me want to tune out. You really yeah. wanted to zone out, yes. And I had to like bring you back yep. a couple times. That's that's exactly right. Um. Yeah, and it's funny you should mention like the Saturday morning animation. I, I do think it's worth mentioning up front. Like this was supposed to be, I think, a better movie than it was, mm-hmm. but then they ended up like rushing it out in like ten weeks. They like, made it in ten weeks. Ridiculous amount of time. Which is and insane for how it looks like, or for the amount of time it took. It looks pretty good. Yeah, but for a feature length movie, because the first Care Bears thing was a TV movie. And then this came, which is a theatrical movie. And I can't believe, like, this looks like a TV movie. I cannot imagine watching this on a large screen. I th- I think uh, if we sit down and watch, like, an episode of the show uh-huh. and then watch this. This is going to look a lot better. I think so. Oh, boy. It's not, it's like, it's not well animated. There's no but it's not, shadow or it's like not, three-dimensional anything. Yeah. It's very flat. Well, they're, they're sticking true to the style. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but I say like the, the character design is pretty good. I could tell the characters apart. Unlike some other movies we've watched recently. That's true. Where they just copy and paste the same character. The, like, uh, yeah, the ponies not so much. I mean, they're all pony shaped. Yeah. They but got like, different colors. That's but the like only... for the most part, like I think like, like the villains. This movie could have been phoned in a lot more than it was. Okay, I I, I yeah, no. that's fair. Cool. All right, so you Dick, want, you want to start with a cookie timer? I got a cookie timer mm. with the your name on it. Yes, or Baby Lickety Split's name yeah, on it. That's right. All right, ready? Yes. Set. Yes. Smooth. Okay. Cool. So, Baby Lickety Split is prepping for... Okay, first off, opening song. It's spring. Winter's over. Yes. Baby Lickety Split is practicing for a musical. Uh, she does like a dance, and she makes a fool of herself, and she gets all the other ponies angry at her because she like she like knocks some other ponies over. So, she runs away. Uh, she runs away with like her friend who is a... Um, dragon? Yes, dragon. Thank you. I couldn't remember the word for dragon. Okay. Sorry. Um, she runs away with her friend who's a dragon. Uh, they run away. Uh, there's also, uh, we cut to this uh, evil witch who's got these two daughters and she's like, Hey, if you guys want to be, you know, my daughters, you got to carry on the family legacy. You got to do some evil. So they try and do some evil. Eventually they find out, okay, uh, you guys suck at evil. So I'm going to tell you what, we're going to make the smooth and the smooth is going to take over fairyland. Uh, or yeah, Ponyland, whatever it is. Okay, cool. So, uh, the main pony patrol uh, sees the smooths. It takes them over. Like they they go and see Megan, obviously, to get the rainbow, <laughs> uh, the rainbow light, and the rainbow light gets eaten by the smooths. Uh, so they go see uh, King Grundlewald or whatever his name is, uh, and he gives them a new house. 
that's uh, totally for sale at Toys R Us right now. Then the dragon and baby look at you split find the Grundles, um, who uh, like also hate the smooths. Together, they all end up finding the flutter ponies, uh, who are the only ones that can stop the smooths because they use their wings to beat it back with wind. They end up stopping the smooths. Fairyland or Ponyland or whatever is saved, and Megan is happy. I got two seconds yeah, left. I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how you do uh, it. That's, that's how you do not it. Not wrong. That's how you do it. Yeah. Oof. Uh, can you explain what a smooth is? Well, it's not a smooth. It's the smooth. The smooth. I the apologize. S- the smooth is a purple slime mm-hmm. made of many faces and hands mm-hmm. and it's a little bit creepy yeah uh and it goes like smooth and if the smooth gets on you you get angry you do uh, they say it in the movie and then it happens you is can't that, you can't is fight that me on verbal this. canon they literally say it do they say it okay they do before it happens or like no right after it happens okay like oh you're like you're the smooth is on you so you are angry now oh and the, every character who gets the smooth on them gets angry oh well okay yeah i would i would want to go back and look at the scene because i might have interpreted that as like you're angry because you've got purple goo on you right not like your personality has changed i know you fought me on this a lot also their personality doesn't change like drastically enough um, for me to mm. Like they're just like slightly hangry. I yeah. feel like that's what it. That's, that's how it pretty, plays out. That's pretty angry for a magical fairy pony. Yeah, I guess anything. Like, okay. Yeah, except pre-smooths, those ponies were very mean to Baby Lickety Split. Okay. Yes, she ruined their show, but they went a little bit further than they needed to in chastising her. Okay, but what about uh, what about them little furry guys? The yeah, the bush woolies. Bush woolies. They're super nice. Do you think they really got cranky? Yeah, that one was being a real dickhead. I don't I I don't know. The contrast wasn't quite enough to No. No. to win me over. You just you just don't know how nice bush woolies are. Okay. That's the problem. There we go. Yeah. I yeah, I feel like I needed a lot of prior knowledge um for this movie when it, it actually well, didn't have a lot of prior knowledge to well, give and me. Well, that's that's the thing is is this was a follow-up to a TV movie that it assumes that you had watched. And but it but like the TV movie was not widely distributed, nor was right. it super popular. So this is a follow up to a TV movie that as soon as you've watched and probably like toy commercials, maybe and stuff like that. Yeah, but like there's a point where uh, they go to see Megan. Like Megan will know what to do, and we're like, who the hell is Megan? Like sure. Kate, Kate was very frustrated by the addition of. Megan, apparently, a human girl. Yeah, Megan is a human girl. Uh, she who, helps them in their last adventure, who, and she's oh, like, but like, also she calls them my little ponies, yeah. but she doesn't mean her little ponies. That's correct. That's just what their names are. Yeah, my little po- but like that's Megan, confusing. Here's the thing: Megan is the stand-in for you, the girl who wants to buy pony toys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And her little sister, maybe. And her little brother is your little brother. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. They're all very blonde. I guess the boy has, like, strawberry yeah, blonde Yeah, he's hair. a redhead boy. Yeah. The worst um, kind. 
Yeah, they like go to Megan's world, but it's not like it looks just like Pony World, but apparently it's not Pony no, it's World. It's a completely different yeah, universe. Yeah, human there's no world. There's in human world. Yeah. There's smooths in Pony World. There's trees and grass and fences and flume. And uh, in Pony World, there's oh. trees and grass and smooths and That's, fences. That right there is a reference to a Backstreet Boys video tour kevin richardson rides a horse kevin richardson rides in a manhattan horse in central park uh kate is a big backstreet boys fan i ended up watching this documentary dick is a big kevin richardson I fan am a big kevin fan because <laughs> he's he's in the park he's riding the horse he's like yeah here we got uh you know, trees and grass and and buildings and wow. very different than kentucky yeah. back home back home we got uh grass and trees and uh hills and it's just like it's amazing it's like the most nothing sentence and he's yeah. a hero for it yeah um yeah so so i don't know i think this movie was i i think this movie held up better than i thought it was going to to be honest that is very interesting i thought this was going to be a disaster and i was like oh no this is pretty fun for what it is yeah there there are there are fun things Let's so let's for me the parts in My Little Pony where I at least wasn't tuning out <laughs> were I don't I can't I told you you're gonna finish that drink yeah I'm gonna finish half of this can and then never look at it again that's right are we recording yes yeah so there is some fun in this movie and I think it's mostly for me concentrated in the songs mm-hmm. um I wouldn't say it's all successful fun Mm-mm. but it's it's the songs are the parts that i least need to tune out of um so that's high praise so dick i mean seeing this as a kid like what what songs did you remember like before seeing it again so i remembered obviously the my little pony thing uh-huh um my little pony my little pony right do, 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 do. um and the other song, I I don't I didn't remember the song, but I remembered liking the song that the Smooths sang, or the song oh, about yeah. the Smooths. I I remembered like cool. I remember liking this. I remember it kind of having like a rock and roll surf kind of thing. Oh yeah, it is like Beach Boysy. And as as a kid, like I exclusively listened to one radio channel that was just music of the fifties and sixties. Uh huh. So like you know doo-wop and, and stuff like that just like that was my jam mm-hmm. and then the smooth song came on uh as we were watching and i was like oh, no i know this song 100 <laughs> now i just needed that quick refresher um yeah uh so those are the songs that i remember as a kid i think there's a couple more that work there are a lot of, of songs work. in this movie yeah it's like it just short of an hour and a half and mm-hmm. there are a lot of songs and they're like not just start and stop. Like, they're not, like, strong musical theater or anything like that. But, like, they're, like, two to three minute songs. I, I would argue that they are, they could be, like, strongish old musical theater. Maybe. Like, um, the song the two sisters sing at each other. There, There's two sisters. They're supposed to get this, like, magic ingredient. Yeah. Right? The villain songs work and they, best. They sing ones like, I'll do the dirty work, I'll do all this, I'll do all this, but yeah. as long as you get this one piece. The flu. The, the flume. F- the flume. And they, they kind of trade it back. And it reminds yeah. me of like a, um, 
you know, anything you could do, I can do better yeah. or something like that. It reminds me of like kind of an older. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, pre-mermaid music. You don't theater. know what the flume is. It is, again, like a lot of information you just, that. You just know it's something that they don't <laughs> want to get. I think that's enough information. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's that song. There's like the the mom villain mm-hmm. has a song that's like you you'll never add up to me like yeah. you'll never live up to me there is yeah the smooth song there's the song uh the baby lickety split and the dragon sang like the i'm leaving forever song yeah there's That's probably fine. more <laughs> yeah um but yeah i'd say the the generally the villain songs are the ones that work. yeah um, is there there's a grendel song does Danny DeVito get to sing a song? Yeah, the Grundles have a song. Probably, I just don't right? Remember it? All that's in my head right now is the Troll Toll song. Yeah, like that. Like, as you put, I mean, and he looks like a troll too. He, yeah, as he, a Grundle. So yeah, yeah. Danny DeVito is basically he's playing a mixture of his actual part on "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" yeah. and his part in the in-show musical. Yeah. Uh, is it called Nightman or Dayman? The, da- the Nightman cometh. The Dayman, the Dayman cometh? cometh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting part. Yeah. Um, but and the the voice talent here. Yeah. We've got Danny DeVito. Uh huh. We've got. Um, Ray Perlman. <laughs> Thank you. Uh huh. Mrs. Danny DeVito. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Madeline Kahn, yep. isn't it? Uh, Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman. Yeah, it's like and a Bart Mel Simpson. Brooks. And yeah, yeah, that's it's true. It's like yeah, Taxi and it, Mel Brooks. Yeah, it's like Taxi and Mel Brooks uh, cast just came together. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> they have a, Tony Randall. Yeah, yeah, Tony Randall. Just yeah, there. Um, and yeah, the uh, again, like the villains, I think are the most fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but uh, I think all three or like all the voice cast is underused. Yeah, like it's confusing because it's like oh yeah. Cloris Leachman would play like the bad mom villain. Yeah. But like they don't use Cloris Leachman as much as they could. Yeah. So it's confusing. But if if we if we want to go back to songs a yeah. little bit, because that's that's something that I think worked generally well in My Little Pony. Yeah. It let's at least broke about, it up. Let's talk about the music in Fern Gully. There is music in Fern Gully, that's isn't technically there? True. That's technically true. I I, I I had forgotten I had watched this movie several years ago with a friend who is also a musical theater fan and every song we're like what ha, this is already over like yeah. when did the song start because uh, you described the My Little Pony songs as they're songs they don't just end in the middle yeah but in in Fern Gully they definitely like you get like a verse and a chorus and then it's over yeah like there's nothing that re- like no repetition. No hook, no like it, I, it again. Like this is an example of a wrong lesson they learned from Disney of like, oh, uh, cartoons have music in them now, great. But they like didn't. Uh, they fundamentally misunderstood what the music does. I I remember three songs. Uh-huh. Oh, I remember four songs. Yeah. I remember there's like an intro song that's kind of fun. Yeah, but no one sings it. It's Life just... is a magic thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. background. Yeah. Um. So I remember. The Batty Rap. The Batty Rap. Uh, which we'll come back to. Uh, I remember, um, if I'm going to eat somebody, it might as well be you. Might as well be you. Which is sung by Tone Loke. And <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, he's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I would not mind him as an Ursula. 
Mm. I would not mind seeing him as more villains. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how he is as an actor because he doesn't say a line. Yeah. Because his character comes on, sings a song, and then leaves. You don't see the character before or after. There's no even allusion to, like, careful of the lizards in this jungle. Like, he just takes our main guy on a ride and then brings him back. What I imagined happened is, like, a brother of a friend of a producer was like, Hey, I can get Tone Loke. Are you interested? And they're like, yeah. But like the movie was done. So they needed to like add a scene. They were like, they were like, yeah, we'd love you to get Tone Loke. But we don't (laughs) only if we don't want him to write the song. (laughs) Instead, we want Jimmy Buffett (laughs) to write a song for Tone Loke to sing. This is and if you are not familiar with Tone Loke and I wasn't. He's like an R&B kind of. He did Funky Cold Medina. Oh, see, you know a lot more. Okay. He, he's like R&B, like half sing, half rap yeah. kind of guy from the early 90s. Yeah. Um, which is not what Jimmy Buffett is. No. This is very different. And so Jimmy Buffett's backing music for this song uh-huh. sounds like he hit play on a keyboard set to like hip hop. Yeah. And just like walked 1991 away. hip hop. Yeah. it's just a drum beat. On a keyboard. And then some like ba-dee-ba-doop with a saxophone. Yes. And it's like what? Yeah amazing it yeah it plays like a 90s sitcom opener yeah like theme song kind of a and then the the third song that i remember mm-hmm. is um i don't remember oh toxic toxic love. love toxic love and i only remember it because i just i can't not think of uh uh oh my god i'm so bad with names today Uh-oh. tim curry yes uh just singing the hell out of that yeah like he tim- does a pretty good job Tim Curry is going for it. So Tim Curry plays Hexus, the uh, sludge toxic monster slash like, I don't know, the human's impulses. There's a, there's like a metaphor in the villain. He's kind of, <laughs> Dick just rolled his eyes for some reason. I don't know. Anyway, so he's got this big like, uh, kind of like burlesque jazzy number of um, toxic love is like this. He's being released from this tree and like mm-hmm. literally slurping up pollution to help him grow. And it's it's fun. Like, again, like I feel like there should be more of a part that I can sing than there is. Like he repeats some same words, but he's yeah. asked to ad lib the second time. So you never hear the melody twice. I had a lot more fun watching Tim Curry sing it in the behind the scenes yeah. footage than I did watching the animated version Mm -hmm. because his face says so much and like the way he moves says so much and like hexus is is cool like at one point he's like an oozy skeleton on fire like he's cool looking there's a lot of different visual designs for this character (laughs) there's there's not a lot of like i feel like there's not a lot of emotion coming out of him no because he's just yeah i think hexus is is what you get when it's just, I mean, this movie is literally like two really rich Australian environmental activists wanted to make a movie and so uh, they to did. save the rainforests. So they went to this 13-person animation studio in L.A. and said, can you make this, can you make this movie for us? And they said, is that money? Okay. <laughs> and th- this took, uh, this was also kind of a rush job. Yeah. In that they got it done in two years. Yeah. But not like getting the, like Beauty and the Beast done in two years where you've already got all that, like, right. infrastructure. 
They had they no had infrastructure. Thirteen people. They were doing like commercials. They ended at two hundred people. Yeah. Uh, so they had to hire on like twenty times their original staff. Yeah. Uh, they had to like arrange all this stuff. And, like, in two years, that's a really quick turnaround. I, I mean, so, yeah, seeing the behind-the-scenes featurette for this movie, Friend Gully, yeah. like, it, it, I am way more impressed by the movie than I am watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, I, so I think this, I think Toxic Love gets closest to, like, being correct. Yeah. Um, I still think it's missing something, just like the, uh, it reminds me of, like, the, with this character in general, it reminds me of Oogie Boogie. Mm. of like that song in Nightmare Before Christmas that it like I want it to go somewhere and then it doesn't ever go there. Yeah. Um so it's a cool concept but it falls short in execution. So I it's time now I think to talk about the song that we skipped over a little bit. <laughs> uh and talk about uh Batty Rap. Batty Rap. That's that's the title of the song. This is from the, the soundtrack. The character Batty. Mhm. Batty Coda. Batty Coda. He comes to Fern Gully. Yeah. And they're like, hey, what's your name? And he's like, my name is Betty. My words are erecty. Yeah. Yeah. He does a rap. Baked potato. There's, yeah. I do like baked potatoes. It's a, it's a rap in, in the kindest sense of that word. If you told me this was written by Jimmy Buffett, I would believe you oh i believe you that this was written by jimmy buffett it is not good it's not a good rap so basically his this rap is set up to tell the story of his inhumane treatment and why he's like no guys these humans that you want to meet like they are no good so it's it's a it's a noble concept yeah but it's just everything wrong just Everything is wrong. I was I was tried to pay attention through the rap, and then I ended up reading some of the lyrics after, and I still I'm just not sure. It's overstimulating. The mm-hmm. whole number is overstimulating. It's you know that visually it's overstimulating. It plays with a couple different, I feel like cinematic styles where there's like some flashback and there's some shadow work and there like, and then just like Batty isn't as well designed as he could be. And not to I mean like it's it's. I don't want to keep harkening back to Aladdin too much, mm-hmm. but compared to Friend Like Me, mm-hmm. like I, I did not uh, understand all the words in Friend Like Me mm-hmm. until like last year because right. I looked them up. Right. Right. Like I don't know what a nabob is. Right. I didn't realize he said baklava because uh-huh. he says baklava. Yeah. It's like a weird. Those lyrics go by fast. Yeah. But I understood the point of that song. Right. And the words I understood uh, were strong. Yeah. They were easy to understand. And they repeat a lot of times. They repeat a lot of times <laughs> and the, the animation supported them. Yes. In in a huge way. And mm-hmm. I don't think that happened with Batty Rap. Nope. Like, I, I'm not, this is not a dig on Robin Williams because they said he did like seven hours of improv. So it or was something. supposed to be a seven minute role. Yeah. Um, and they expanded it because Robin Williams recorded 14 hours for this role of just Robin Williams going and doing whatever he wanted. Yeah. And they're like, well, this is this is great. Like seeing the director of this film talk about it like whatever it was, 10 or 15 years mm-hmm. later, the featurette that we watched. 
it's very interesting because I like him a lot. Yeah. Like, he wanted to do something great and, like, knew he didn't have all the resources and knew he was green. And so I get his impulse of, like, well, one, we got Robin Williams. Two, if he's giving us 14 hours of material, my goodness, let's take advantage of it. Yeah. Like, this is a big get for us. So, so I get why they expanded his role and why it's – it's uh, it's way more than it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he just he wasn't reined in at all. Like they did not edit it well. Um, like if you if yeah. you get Robin Williams, you should expect at least you know three yeah. or four times the material. Yeah. That or you're forty, whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, some of that is inexperience, and some of that is like I don't know. It just it just. Um, Betty felt very tacked on in places, mm-hmm. and it explains why. Yeah. Because he was tacked on. Yeah. Literally. Although, at some, I mean, the rest of the writing in the movie is so stiff mm-hmm. and, like, cliched that in some points, even though it doesn't make cohesive sense, I think Robin Williams has some of the best lines in the movie, mm. and you know it's just he improvised. Like, no one wrote those down. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, he's like the most confusing and maybe best part of the movie because mm-hmm. he feels the least stilted and most real. Yeah. I was, I made the observation when we were watching this that some of the, especially like our romantic leads, like they're back and forth of like, what is pollution? What do you mean the forest? What like, the, both the delivery and the content of the speech very much felt like, it reminded me of like being seven and playing Barbie dolls and making up, you mm-hmm. know, like like making up a dialogue on the spot with your friend that it's like it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's like not it's using, you know, a seven year old's vocabulary. I mean, we've I, I, I said during the watching of this that this reminds me of the musical that you wrote when you were. 10? 10 years old, yeah, 9 uh, or 10 years and old. And then made your family perform on camera. <laughs> it's a great musical. Like, the lines are similar. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to explain this thing to you right now. But what about this? Well, Don't worry about that. Yeah. Like, is yeah. Like, um, you know, she, she has uh, a lot of Ariel in her. Uh, Krista does. I think... She is intended to have a lot of Ariel. Well, in she's obsessed with humans. Yeah. She doesn't understand like she doesn't understand a lot of language. Mm-hmm. It's she like she's supposed to be innocent and sweet, mm-hmm. sort of. Um and like, sure, um like Ariel says, like, what are these things? Feet. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you've seen feet before. <laughs> but like it's you know, it's fun and it's in a song. Yeah. But I don't know, with with Krista, uh some of these lines She's They're a just, very. I don't like her at all. Also, I don't know our our male leads. Is it yeah. Jake? He looks Zach. like a Jake. Zach. Yeah. He's Z A K. Zach. Of course, of yeah. course he is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you two characters I do like though. Yeah. Is um, uh, <laughs> the truck drivers. Oh yeah. I don't know. I think it was like Clem and Larry or something yeah. like that. They're these two. They drive like the tree chopping down machine. Yeah. Uh. And, like, at one point, Zach is, like, shrank down to the size of a fairy, and he ends up on their windshield, and one of the guys just goes, uh, there's a little man on the windshield. (laughs) That, the delivery struck me, that line struck me, and I was like, cool, fan. 
fan yeah. of this guy. So, so let me ask you. Yes. These, you have, we're, we're, I feel like there's more, and maybe because, maybe this is just my perspective because yeah. I'm more familiar with Fern Gully. I feel like there are more lines we are pulling out of Fern Gully, like, oh, that was a funny moment, or that was, then My Little Pony, where it's like, oh, this general concept of a song is kind of a funny thing. Like, do you feel like there are lines or moments in My Little Pony where you, like, chuckle like that or yeah i think the grundles are funny okay um because they have a kind of a repeated thing which um, oh yeah isn't edited as well as it could be Mm -hmm. um but when danny devito introduces himself as the king of grundles all of the other grundles which are all troll-like creatures jump out in front of the camera and say we are also grundles yeah and every time he says grundle land they cry and they go oh grundle land He's like, oh, I should stop mentioning Grundleland. Oh, Grundleland. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, true. It's a funny, it's a funny bit. Like, yeah. Again, for a movie that's like, buy some toys. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's there's some moments in it that I don't that I don't mind. Yeah, and and so, in t- like, we we talk a lot about the show and like, who is this uh, movie for? <laughs> Well, right? No, and I so mean, I, but in reference to the movie we, we watched for yeah, next we, week's show, yeah, oh my we goodness. have big questions on that. Um, we might we might have to put some better movies in between these two episodes, mm-hmm. though. Uh, so My Little Pony is ostensibly made to sell My Little Pony toys. Yeah. Fern Gully is made to... Tell you to recycle the My Little Pony Yeah. Toys. <laughs> I mean, it's yes. made to teach you not to... Cut down trees. These are very much like adult impulses. It's it's not a let's it, maybe Fern Gully is a little bit like let's instill this set of values into kids, but oh, yeah. they're both more or less propaganda for an adult um, value system. Yeah, it's or, either like buy yeah. this thing or buy into this. Right, thing. right. Yeah. How successful do you think they are at that's at the goal that the creators? made and do you think that they succeeded in in giving us any other reason to watch them that's a great question um i'll take it movie by movie mm-hmm. um my little pony um i think it was obviously s- successful to a point uh in the getting us to buy my little pony shit because it you know went on to be a tv show went on to be a successful toy line mm-hmm. That is still going on today. Mm-hmm. Did it give us other reasons to watch? I I like that movie better than than most people probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of contentless. It's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. There's not really, you know. I was thinking about what the message of this movie was, and it's like, well, don't be a jerk, and also like clean up. And also, like, don't run away. Yeah, it's kind of, there's like like, a work together. Work together. Yeah, you can't do anything by yourself. Yeah. Teamwork, friendship. Teamwork, friendship. It's like the general. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's the the general 80s Saturday morning cartoon thing. Mm -hmm. Friendship and being pals. Mm -hmm. That's the message. Um, Fern Gully, it's hard to answer, though, Mm -hmm. because it's hard to take off the... 2019 and put back on those 1990s shades sure. where it's like oh wait, 
cutting down the rainforest isn't good. Hmm. So it feels a little a little dumb and a little oversimplistic. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much effect it had on me as a child. Uh, I know a magician that came to my school when I was in fifth grade uh, had an environmental message, and that had an impact on me. Because I tried it. to do an environmental magic trick after that, and it, it went over like like a lead balloon. Oh no! Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. I I don't know. Like like looking back on it, it's it's oversimplistic and and kind of dumb. But you know, I, maybe. Like, is this? You know, if, I mean, you have niece and nephew, like, if this is on on TV, do you, like, change the channel? Or do you be like, oh, hey, kids, get, like, this was a movie when I was a child. You might like this. Like, I, I would be interested to see how they react. Yeah. Right? Because, like, I, I grew up watching all the Disney classics, which right. were, like, movies from some of them before my parents were alive. Yeah. If they had said, like, hey, this is a movie from 100 years ago, I'd be like... No. Right. You know. Right. Um I think I think my niece might enjoy My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. And I think she'd probably enjoy both of these. She's like four. Yeah. She's four and very into traditionally girly things. Yeah. Um my nephew might sit still for Fern Gully. He would I don't think he'd have any pay, patience he, for the ponies. Yeah, he might like the sludge. He might like Hexus. Yeah, the smooth is cool. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, Hexus, yeah, Hexus, cool. Uh, what, what, I think he'd also get a kick out of the baddie rap. I think he's old enough to be like, no, this is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, that would be funny. Yeah, how much, how much of your enjoyment of rewatching Fern Gully um, was? Oh man, this is ridiculous and that's fun. And how much of it was like, no, this still holds up. So I think a, a lot of the this is ridiculous kind of got out of my system that like watching it four or five years ago mm. uh where like i had thought it was just kind of a standard non-disney movie that like it was fine but forgettable yeah no there is some like real crazy stuff going on mm-hmm. in that movie but this time it wasn't actually as bad as i thought it was and i do think like for the first 45 minutes there's some like boring and stiffness but it mostly like it holds up and it's telling a singular story. The The climax and resolution does just not. It's just you feel like all of a sudden Hexus is attacking the forest and everything the fairies do in response. Like like every minute I am looking over at you and being like, did I fall asleep for 20 minutes? Like where, where did this come? Do, right. Are we supposed to know that they're able to do this or not able to do this or like. I know that there are high stakes here, but I don't exactly know what the stakes but are. I'm not sure what they are. No one has explained them to me. Yeah. Fairies are changing colors, and they're inside of trees and out of trees. And they're and making a new tree. But the which new one tree should they be in, or should or... they not be in a tree? Yeah, yeah. it's very confusing. Uh, so that, for me, is like, all right, we just like ran out of time and budget and... like that was the peak of everyone's kind of abilities and no one really knew how to wrap this up so they just kind of didn't and added a lot of sensory overload and yeah. hoped that would work it's it's interesting um i was just thinking about uh 
you know, obviously you've got Robin Williams, who's mm-hmm. about to be the genie. Mm-hmm. You've also got Cheech Marin mm-hmm. uh, from The Lion King. That's correct. And Fern Gully. So yeah. they, got, they got some Disney talent. They do. The, Cheech, the, is, Cheech is used in a kind of similar role. Yeah. Uh, Chong is there, too. Chong is there, too, but Chong's not in The Lion, Lion King. King's like, screw you, Chong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have any problem. I, I don't, I don't like the, um, actress who plays Krista. I think it's a very, like, I don't know. You, you have to add something to your voice for animation to make it more animated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like she is maybe, like, I like her voice better in interviews than as Krista. She seems like a lovely person. She is more, like, animated and her voice is more effusive and, yeah. So besides her voice, I think everyone, like, Christian Slater's role is dumb, but, like, he does a neat job yeah, with it. He's got like, a good voice fine. for animation, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's got a lot of character in his voice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. his role is dumb. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Krista and, and Zach, both of those voices. Yeah, like, Zach, you, I get. If like, you change those voices completely. Yeah, you'd never know. I would not know. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, the, the um, old lady magic fairy is good. Like, she sounds correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, and so it's interesting. It's just, it's interesting to me that it's like similar, I'd say probably at the time, similar list. And I don't know whether that's B list or C list mm. at the time, but like you've got names in both. You've got Danny DeVito and you've got Madeline Kahn and Cloris Leachman on one side and you've got Robin Williams and Christian Slater and, um, and Tim Curry. Uh, and I think Fern Gully made better use of their voice talent, even if it was a less even movie. Yeah. Whereas My Little Pony, they're just kind of there. They're just kind of there playing I don't know. characters. I, I feel badly that My Little Pony did not make an impression on me, like kind of at all. That's all right. Uh, sorry about that. No, I, that's, I just... That's not on you. It was just kind of there. Yeah. For me. Like if given the... Ch- if it's like there are two channels on and i'm with a group of children and it's fern gully or my little pony i'm gonna keep it on fern gully oh man no not 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 in a million that's, years that's very interesting i i find that movie like my little pony is uh dumb mm-hmm. but it's fluff mm-hmm. and it i think it's generally well paced mm. like there is danger then there is not danger yeah. there's danger there's something funny fern gully i feel like can be a slog yeah and it becomes very hard especially when we're in the like romance section mm-hmm. of fern gully where i'm just like that's a weird scene what and it's like partially cg and it looks weird and it looks weird again again though for the resources that they did and didn't have sure. again I'm, I'm way more impressed with the animation and how good it looks but did but yeah, yeah. But did we need that scene? No. Like no. Did that love story add anything? Absolutely not. No. No. Uh, yeah, I guess I just my eyes are more used to the animation style in Fern Gully oh, than fair. in My Little Pony. My Little Pony again just feels like a TV cartoon. Yeah. And to a certain extent, the movie itself kind of feels like three or four episodes. And they, and you know, to its credit, the smooth is a through line, and mm-hmm. baby lickety split needs to be found. They they extend it out, but that that kind of rise and fall of danger, not danger, feels like oh, and this is like the next episode is on. Like, yeah, to that's me. fair. The, there were some like fade outs, yeah, that felt like they were yeah. just like 
for commercials. That's what, like, I am shocked it wasn't a TV movie. Yeah. Why are there fade-outs in a theatrical release? It's, it's weird. I mean, it's something we've seen before, mm-hmm. right? Like, in, um, we haven't talked about it on the show, but in American Tale, there are, are fade-outs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is there a commercial? What's, yeah, that's right. Oh, no, right. it's just faded to black. Yeah. And now it's fading back up. For some reason, that was a that was a movie thing though in the eighties. Yeah, like Christmas Story does that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, it's more it's. I mean, I'm used episodic. to watching that with commercials though. So. Yeah, yeah, but even in the in the DVD, like, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. So what else? What, what else we got? Is it time to go into the final cut? I think already? it might be final cut time. That's great. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> it means Scene? we got. It means we've got to finish this beer. This uh-huh. terrible, terrible cider. I drank more of it than i thought i would but i'm still every time yep every time it's the same reaction uh scene shout outs oh yeah let's shout out shout out some scenes dick all right you you choose the you choose the movie so i'll start with uh i'll start with ferngully um and i will shout out oh dang i guess i kind of already called out my favorite moment in the uh, in the movie, which is when uh, when uh, uh, the little man is on the window, mm. but um, okay, here's a here's a scene shout out, and I want to specify that this is a scene shout out and not a this scene fits in the movie well shout Got out. Got it. And that is the if I'm gonna eat somebody, it might as well be you song. <laughs> I, the song is fun. It's funny. Tone Loke does a great job with it. He's got a great creepy voice, mm-hmm. which is perfect for like a big, slow, creepy lizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, our hero is in clear danger, and the lizard guy is just like so casually just carrying him around with his tongue and stuff. Uh, I think if there was something anywhere in the movie to support that scene <laughs> that could have been great and and i really do think uh like tone Loke was was a very fun villain for, for the minute and a half that we had him that's all yeah no. okay that's fair yeah uh and fern gully for me it the the literal opening of fern gully mm. uh grandma fairy is telling a story which is how a lot of of films start that's a common it's that kind of moana start yeah moana yeah. even beauty and the beast mm-hmm. right it's like a a story is unfolding an epilogue um not epilogue um backstory um prologue exposition okay that's what i meant to say uh and so it's the it's basically like kind of the folklore of like you know the rainforest used to be everywhere mm-hmm. and then there was hexis and we trapped him and the humans we didn't hear from again. And it's it's told in kind of this slightly 2D. And, and the movie is hand-drawn. It's 2D. But you've got like shadows and yeah. shading and stuff. Um, but not in this first scene. It's very like color on color. The volcano is like geometric shapes. And um, it's really cool animation. I think it's really clear what the story is. Like it has just enough details without overloading you with details, which is, I think, something Moana falls on in its opening. And so I know I, I know the basic. I know, you know, about fairies. I know about humans. I know about hexes. And those are kind of the three elements I need to know about going into it. But it tells me all in pictures. And it, I think it's a really effective way to start the movie. 
Um, so that's going to be my shout out. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll shout one out for My Little Pony, mm-hmm. the movie, 1986. Um, I mean, obviously, meeting Megan uh, is an amazing. Um, so uh, it's tricky because I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a particular scene that stands out in a significant way for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are songs. Mm. And I, I think it's the same with Fern Gully. Like, I can't name you scenes that happen, but I can tell you, like, here's the songs. Um, so I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go back to the, uh, to the smooth song. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a fun song. It is. The villains are riding around in a ridiculous uh, watercraft. Uh, yeah, it's like a homemade mishmash of shit. parts. Yeah. Uh, the smooth is is a very fun creature or goo or whatever it is. Whatever it is. Uh, and I think it it manages to. I like villains that are having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I think a villain that is like, "Ooh, I'm doing evil," is very boring. Mm-hmm. But if they're like. I'm doing evil and this is great. Like that could be kind of fun. And I think that that works there. I think, you know, for what it is, uh, and don't get me wrong. Uh, this is not a high caliber movie. Uh, if I'm speaking super highly of it, it's because I thought it was better than Fern Gully. (laughs) I do not think it's better than any of the Renaissance. Um, but I think we see like the dynamic of the daughters and their mom change. She's normally like very abusive and, and doesn't let them call her mama and stuff like that. But they're all enjoying uh, destroying Ponyland together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a strong, right. strong segment. I'm gonna go with another song for mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Lickety Split is packing up her belongings yeah. and I'm getting out of here. She's got. I think my favorite song in the movie. Well, she's got that, that like it's solid like a, ballad, right? Well, it's like a ballad, but it's like it's. I think it's more up tempo, okay. right? Like, get me out of here. Like, it kind of reminded yeah. me of like a Muppet song. Yeah. Um, and she's like, maybe I'm confusing two songs, but she's yeah, she's packing up and like, no one cares about me. I'm go. It's like very over dramatic and yeah. kind of fun in that way. Yeah. And the last note of the song she and the dragon sing together with these giant wide jaws open <laughs> and it ends there and like it's it's so funny and it has to be played for laughs like yeah. it's so comically overdone and it it it, it, I, it was delightful it was delightful and i was really excited about the use of song at that point yeah. and then i got less excited as the movie went on but uh yeah it's just it's just fun. Yo, can I do one more quick shout out? Absolutely. Uh, I want to talk about the well song. I thought it was very clever. Oh. The pony is singing into the well. She's like, "Won't anybody help me?" And then you hear the echo back, "Help, help me. me." But then like the more it goes, like the echo is different like different in tone from yeah. the words she's saying. You realize there's another pony stuck in the well. I think that's clever. Kind of a neat uh, twist on the Snow yeah. White song. Yeah, I don't think it worked 100%. Nope. But I think it was cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's all. So, Dick, if you were to choose an MVP of uh, these flying, girly creature movies. Ooh. 
if I'm going to pick an MVP of these two movies, oh, that's hard. That's hard because not many, there's not many contenders. <laughs> and that's probably true. All of my contenders are like minor players. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Tim Curry, uh, for just being 100% Tim Curry. He really is, and just looking so great in that recording booth, and bringing bringing some good, like, sinister life to a character that doesn't really have great lines. No, doesn't really have great exposition. Arc, yeah. Doesn't have any arc. Uh, has a confusing end. Yeah. But like Tim Curry brings the Tim Curry. Yeah. What about you? What's your MVP? I am going to, and this is, this might not be fair because it's only based on the special features. Um, I my MVP is the director of Fern Gully. Uh-huh. His name is Bill Courier. I just looked it up because I had no idea. Uh, he just seems like a real like I want him to like have lunch with um, Musker and Clements at some point. Mm. He's a really fun storyteller when he's looking back on like, oh, he went to the Australian rainforest and you know what? A lizard just came up and uh, ate my lunch. Yeah. It was delightful. Like the way he tells stories is very fun. He seems to have a very, I feel like if maybe not on camera, but I feel like if you sat down with him and like, look, what do you, what do you really think of this movie 20 years later? He'd be like, you know what? It's got some flaws. Like I feel like he's very honest and real Uh and for him to have gone from a studio of 13 people just animating commercials and going for this very ambitious theatrical presentation that there are some animated scenes in there like that do like bioluminescence and flying through the rainforest Mm -hmm. that he was working you know he and his team were working with some animation technology that was actually ahead of its time Mm -hmm. that like disney was only doing small bits of and would talk more about later um but fern gully was just going for it so i appreciate his ambition and his like let's go for it sure let's make a movie um you know it didn't turn out all parts great but i appreciate his uh moxie yeah yeah nice so uh you started to talk a little bit about a crossover, but Kate, if you were going to crossover two people, two characters, two creators from these two movies, what's your crossover? Did I start to talk about a crossover? I mean, a little bit. Not not I, between these two movies. Oh, okay. But you were saying you wanted yeah, yeah. to pair them up with Mustard and Clemens. Yeah. Uh, I think I want um, an epilogue of um, Zach the human from Fern Gully and Megan, the human from My Little Ponies, to just like sit down together, kind of do a, a, a the animated characters, kind of do a, you know, a, a retrospective interview, but in the same room of like, so these fairies and ponies, like what's up with the, like What's the deal? What? <laughs> just like, what, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, kind of looking back and talking about their experience with these flying creatures and kind of getting some dirt on uh, Baby Lickety Split and yeah. Batty Coda. And, yeah. I just, want to, I just want to know more about their experiences as humans in a totally non-human uh, series of events. Nice. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. All right. All right. I got a crossover. Great. Um, I think 
what My Little Pony does well that uh, is a problem in Ferngully is Ferngully, I think, takes itself pretty seriously. And My Little Pony is like, yeah, this is campy. Mm. We're just going to go for it. We're going to make this campy ass thing. Mm -hmm. I want Tim Curry in... Uh, my Little Pony. Oh man, he'd be great. He, like as as the smooths, and then give the smooths some lines, or as oh yeah, the Grundle King give the King some lines. So we put Tim Curry over there, and then I don't know. We could yeah, we could put Megan in Fern Gully because <laughs> I don't I don't need her. She's very serious. Yeah, yeah, but like uh, or or even just like take the camp of My Little Pony mm. and cross it over with Fern Gully. Yeah, because I think some of the self seriousness uh messes with the t like. You're going from this very serious thing to Batty. Right. Who's supposed to be funny, but he's also serious. But also, he has a very traumatic backstory. Yeah. Like, everything, when you look at the lyrics, he's telling a very sad story. Everything is a little over-serious or, or, um, or a little just too self-important. Tonally wrong. So, yeah, yeah I, would, I would just shift the tone. I would take the tone from My Little Pony mm. and give it to Frango. All right. Just a little bit. Just yeah. camp it up a little bit. Yeah, equalize yeah. that uh, that shit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Cool. So this is our final, final cut, cut, final, final, final cut, cut, final. Mm. Kate, if you were going to take these movies, mm. let's start with Fern Gully. Okay. You can plus it up, release a special edition. You can release it as is, or you can throw it back in the vault, never to be seen again. Mm -hmm. What do you do with Fern Gully? I. I feel like I use a special edition in a museum too much, which is my initial. I don't know. I, I think there's very few. No, we just saw a movie I'd put in a vault. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's very few movies I would put in a vault just from the standpoint of, isn't it fascinating that this is a movie that came out from a nothing studio in between Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin? Like, yeah. I think it is historically fascinating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I might keep like some sequences of it for like records and then throw the rest in the vault. Like keep that opening storytelling 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 sequence. Maybe keep some like um flying through the jungle sequences, one of the bioluminescent things. The baddie rap. The baddie rap. Well, the baddie rap I'd keep as a Yeah. I mean, it's not directly relevant anymore, but could could apply to any number of situations that there is no such thing as one uh actor who's mm -hmm. going to save your movie. I feel like it's a very common take or at least it has been historically that like oh Aladdin's not very good if you take Robin Williams out of it. Like he's the, he's what makes that movie good cuz he's Robin Williams. And I feel like this movie uh flatly denies that yeah. claim of like you can put Robin Williams in the movie it doesn't necessarily make it good. Yeah. And I yeah. think Batty Rap would be the proof of uh, concept there. It seems like it seems like what you want to do is break this movie apart yeah. into like a semester worth of a film studies course. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like that's yeah. that's what I'm hearing. And just like just yeah, vault everything else. Yeah. Nice. Cuz it's not I don't need it. What do you what do you do with Ferngully? Oh, I slap it in the vault. <laughs> I don't care about this movie. I don't. Um yeah, do you do you record anything for posterity? Do nah. you no? I mean, we can, let's keep the behind the scenes, I okay. guess, because that was interesting. I mean, I guess there's Avatar. Yeah, I, yeah, and we we don't. 
I, I think it's easy to go into Avatar being a ripoff of various other things. Sure. But it is like people say like Avatar is just like Pocahontas or um, just like uh, Dancing with Wolves. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's really like Ferngully. <laughs> uh, as we were watching Ferngully, I was like, oh, oh, weird. This is just straight up Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would also vault Avatar. Okay. As, as part of it. Yes. You just have to. Yeah. Just because that movie yeah. sucks. It's terrible. Terrible uh, movie. That's fine. Hey, uh, my Little Pony. You were talking about camp earlier. Yes. And I don't think this movie is campy enough, actually. Yeah. I feel like it, it heads that direction. What I want is... Um, and it, 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 I think you can make it a whole musical. So uh, Heathers has done this recently, mm-hmm. um, where some really good creative talent has turned Heathers, the 80s movie, into mm-hmm. a musical. It's fantastic and super campy. Like, the original mm-hmm. is pretty campy, from what I understand. It's, yeah. But not maybe it's, as intentionally campy. Dark. Yeah. Yeah, it's dark camp. And the musical is very campy, yeah. but still retains some of the darkness and, mm-hmm. like, has some really great messages and things to think about. Um, same with the Star Kid Harry Potter um, you roll your eyes, but have you seen eyes. the whole thing? No. I think it's quite good. I, I anyway, don't. it takes these characters and it takes, like, it's a very campy Harry Potter. It's, right, a very Potter musical is what it's called, I think. It's Darren Chris and his college friends put on a Harry Potter musical, and they think it's great and super campy. I want the, like, Star Kids or Heather's Creator Little Pony music, My Little Pony musical. I think these songs are fun, and I think if you just camp them up even more. Yeah. Like, I can see this cabaret, or I can see this, like, you know, like, the 54 Below sings My Little Pony. Uh, I think you would get some really good performances out of this. Like, visually, you can do a lot singing these songs. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to see this. Otherwise, I throw this movie into the vault. But this is how, I I guess, special edition, then, is what I want to do in a cabaret or amateur musical. Yes, that's correct. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a different opinion on this. Here's what I do. I'm, I do a special edition of this movie where I say, okay, here's all the base material. Now take, instead of 10 weeks, take two years and make this thing. Like, fix the script, mm-hmm. fix the problems, keep that camp, and mm-hmm. like make it sing. Because I think, like, if they had time to tighten it up and fix some of the, just fix some of the issues that were just there. And some of that is script. Some of that is, is a lot of that is animation just mm-hmm. being really crummy. Uh, I think, you know, generally like the song performances were probably a couple of takes and then out. Like, I think if they actually had a budget, I don't think it could be a great movie, but I think it could be better. And I think it would be more fun. Uh, That's I interesting. I think they could make it more fun if they actually had the time to make it instead of super rushing it out. That's interesting. I think I like I like the concept. Oh. I almost wonder whether you would maybe get more of what you want if they condensed it into a half hour TV special, mm. like maybe thirty minutes, like no commercials, but like do a basically like an Olaf's Frozen Adventures where like it just. You just take out everything that's not like boom. I I I use that as like a 
this has been done before you with Olaf's an existing Frozen IP. Adventures as an example of something yeah, yeah, yeah. that wasn't just twenty minutes of filling. Yeah, that's true. Because um, I just don't. I don't think anyone has a personality. Well, yeah, that's in the script rewrite. Okay. Okay. Great. That's what I'm saying. You take great. you take two years. We we fix. <laughs> you we actually fix, have to like create characters. Yeah, to we do fix this. the yeah. script up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. All right. Cool. Well, well, we we got through those. That was that was fun. I I think both of those movies were better than I expected them to be. Yeah. Um, same. Fern Gully, I don't care about, mm-hmm. but better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. There was more to get out, and same, My Little Pony. Same. same for me with My Little Pony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, goes to show. We thought this was going to be just like a let's kind of make fun of these dumb movies yeah. episode, and we got a little bit. There are some things to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nice. still not done with this drink though. No, I'll finish it's, it up uh, after we finish that's recording. That's disgusting. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm going to do it. Mm. I already finished mine. Uh, hey, Kate. Yes. Uh, let's say I am someone who's listening to this, mm. and I want to contact uh, Selmay's podcast. How, how might I do that? Well, there are a variety of ways to get in touch okay. with us. Okay, well, give me one. Well, we're on Twitter, Selmay's podcast. Okay, what if I don't have Twitter? Well, we're on Facebook, Selmay's podcast. What if I don't have Facebook? You can email us, uh-huh. even. Cellmates podcast at gmail.com. Now, what if I don't have email? Uh, you probably aren't listening to a podcast if no. you don't have an email. Uh, That's but, probably true. But we, we are on cellmatespodcast.com. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you don't have email, there's not really a way to contact us after that. But, but you can leave us a review uh, on iTunes yeah. or whatever podcast you would need an iTunes using. account, which might need Look, an email i'm not we're not getting the logistics can you be in 2019 and like interact you can't interact with the internet without this an is, email this password. is beyond the purview of this podcast okay all right anyway get in contact with us we'd love to hear your ideas yep. about future episodes about these movies about anything yeah uh for somebody's podcast i'm dick ward i'm kate phillips bye smooth <laughs> Morning glory, rose dust, skunk. Oh, the bush willies. Oh, I forgot about the bush willies. I, so Buttons, lofty, gusty, Sundance, fizzy, sweet stuff, wind whistler, baby lickety split, I under- shady, the I, sunglass themed pony. I understand your point entirely, but I also think that My Little Pony uh, gave a less ham-handed message what was the message? Uh, be friends. Mm. Be friends. Mm.